0: Welcome back to Reliving the War and welcome to June 24th, 1996. WCW Nitro and WWF Raw are both on TV and both shows are live tonight. Nitro's being held in Flair Country, Charlotte, North Carolina, while Raw's being held in Green Bay, Wisconsin. We have the King of the Ring results to look at first before checking out the first 60 minutes of Nitro, so let's get started. The 1996 King of the Ring took place in Milwaukee, Wisconsin on June 23rd. The event kicked off with Steve Austin and Jake Roberts winning their semi-final matches, but not without injury. Jake Roberts got kayfabe destroyed by Vader after the big man got disqualified, damaging Jake's ribs in the process, and Steve Austin split his lip wide open during his match with Mark Merrow. Stone Cold had to get rushed to hospital to get stitched up before returning for the finals. Stone Cold went on to defeat Jake Roberts to become the 1996 King of the Ring, and then Steve gave his iconic and improvised Austin 316 speech while being interviewed by Doc Hendricks. I've given Jake a hard time on this show, but if Austin didn't face Roberts in the King of the Ring final then the whole Austin 316 thing would never have happened. But yeah, this is what everyone remembers from the pay-per-view, the Stone Cold era had just begun, but it would still take a little while for the WWF to go all the way with Steve Austin. Stone Cold also told Jake to go and buy a cheap bottle of Thunderbird so Roberts could get some of that old courage he had in his prime, and Stone Cold also served notice to the whole WWF roster. Austin promised to run through every superstar, the WWF had. The Smoking Guns defeated the Godwins to retain the tag team titles. The Ultimate Warrior defeated Jerry Lawler in a match that lasted only 4 minutes. This would be the Warriors' final WWF pay per view match ever, by the way. Mankind defeated The Undertaker when Paul Bearer accidentally hit the dead man with the urn. Mankind applied the mandible claw afterwards, and the referee called for the bell. Taker was completely knocked out. Ahmed Johnson won the Intercontinental title when he defeated Goldust, not much to say here except this was a bad decision. And then we had the main event, HBK vs Davey Boy Smith one more time. Gorilla Monsoon decided that Mr Perfect would instead be a ringside enforcer during the bout, and not the actual referee. Sean hits the superkick near the end of the match, and both Perfect and Earl Hebner count the pinfall. Owen Hart, who had done a great job providing commentary for this show, by the way. Owen pulled Mr. Perfect out of the ring during the count, but it didn't matter. Hebner counts to three, and Shawn Michaels is still the WWF champion. Bulldog and Owen attack Shawn after the match. Ahmed Johnson and Vader get involved. And then, the Ultimate Warrior comes down to help Michaels and Ahmed. This was done to set up the next pay-per-view main event, but we'll talk about that a little later. All in all, King of the Ring 1996 was yet another mediocre WWF pay-per-view that had small moments of greatness. Steve Austin fans, though, simply need to watch it. Larry Sabisco and Tony Schiavone let us know that Eric Bischoff is still recovering from Nash and Hall's attack at the Great American Bash. We get a promo with Sting, Lex Luger and Randy Savage. All three men are wearing Sting war paint and all three men are ready for Bash at the Beach. Randy wants to get a little payback on Steve Mongo McMichael for last week so he bails. And while Sting and Luger begin discussing the mystery third man, the Steiners and Harlem Heat show up. It's announced that Sting and Luger will defend the tag team titles later tonight... ...against both teams in a triangle tag match. Steve Regal and Dave Taylor fell victim to the public enemy, but the match was actually decent. Regal in particular makes this one worth watching. Kevin Sullivan and Kip Eby got counted out when Sullivan brought his opponent to the concession stands for a good old-fashioned beating. After the match, an interview with Jimmy Hart confirms that the Giant and the Taskmaster will face Chris Benoit and Arne Anderson at Bash at the Beach. Disco Inferno then interrupted a match between Bobby Walker and Dean Malenko. The distraction led to Malenko picking up the win, and it's then announced that Disco Inferno will face Dean Malenko at Bash at the Beach for the cruiserweight title. Disco says that he came out tonight because he sold 1 million CDs, but Dean Malenko doesn't care, the Iceman says he'll only need one hole to put Disco away at the pay per view. Eddie Guerrero vs the Barbarian was next and Eddie won after he reversed a top rope superplex, a decent match, but nothing special either I'm afraid. After the match Eddie said that he wants a shot at the US title and Eddie was also asked about his feelings towards the outsiders. Eddie says it's a lack of respect for WCW and Eddie wishes he could be in the Batch at the Beach main event. The Rock and Roll Express took on Arn Anderson and Chris Benoit next, and honestly, Ricky and Robert weren't all that hot this week. Mongo's magical briefcase came into play and Benoit pinned Gibson to win the match. Joe Gomez runs down afterwards to attack the Horseman, but the magical briefcase does its job once again. Randy Savage and Kevin Green then clear out the ring. The Horseman cut a backstage promo afterwards, where Mongo shows off his Super Bowl ring, and Nitro's first hour comes to an end. I probably would have turned over to Raw, if I'm honest, just to see the fallout from the King of the Ring. All we know is that there's a great tag team main event scheduled on Nitro, but that isn't until the very end of the show. So, yeah, I would have switched over to Raw and checked out how Raw began here. So, the unopposed point goes to the WWF. Raw starts off with the first match competitors already in the ring, so let's get started. It's Hunter Hearst Helmsley vs new IC Champion Ahmed Johnson on Raw, while WCW Nitro presents Alex Wright vs Diamond Dallas Page. Last night was supposed to be Triple H's night but his King of the Ring tournament victory was given to Steve Austin due to the curtain call incident and so Helmsley finds himself in a match with Ahmed Johnson a match that you just know Hunter isn't going to win Ahmed overpowers Helmsley to start things off and do you ever wonder why Ahmed Johnson wears knee pads on his thighs? What are these? Fucking thigh pads? Does Ahmed's thighs need extra protection or something? Vince McMahon runs down tonight's car our main event features King of the Ring winner Steve Austin taking on The Undertaker, Sonny is going to provide commentary for a Body Donuts tag team match, and we're also going to see Kemp Cornette in a six-man tag. Ahmed applies a headlock that he just doesn't want to let go of. Hunter is able to bring Ahmed to the ropes for a break, but Ahmed answers with a hard clothesline. Hunter moves out of the way and Ahmed goes over the top rope. A baseball slide from Triple H follows, and Johnson gets rammed into the steel steps. Hunter takes control inside the ropes. We see why Helmsley should stay away from top rope moves when he does this. It's a jumping forearm to the back. Goldust and Marlena then appear via split screen, and Goldust says instead of trying to it. Ahmed's life, he's going to end it to reclaim the intercontinental title. It's then announced that Goldust will face The Undertaker at the next in your house show, and Goldust isn't worried about the dead man, seeing as the bizarre one already beat The Undertaker in a casket match. We come back from commercial break and Helmsley is taking care of Ahmed in the corner, literally slapping him around. Ahmed fires back but he's too tired to capitalise, Triple H goes to the top rope and Ahmed catches his opponent. If this was Scotty Steiner, this is where we'd see a sweet overhead belly-to-belly suplex, but Ahmed delivers an inverted atomic drop that somehow sends Triple H flying to the other side of the ring. Hunter then summons his inner Ric Flair by taking the corner bump before getting hit with a press slam, but Ahmed only gets a two count, a standard atomic drop this time, and somehow this makes Hunter shoot off the ropes. And Ahmed hits a spine buster. Johnson signals for the end and he goes for the Powered River Plunge, but Hunter reverses with a back body drop. Triple H then hits a series of forearms in the corner. We think Hemsley has this one in the bag, but Ahmed pulls out a Powered River Plunge from nowhere and give the man credit, this looked good. Ahmed wins via pinfall and afterwards Ahmed is interviewed by Doc Hendricks. Ahmed says that he's proud to be the first African American IC champion, but he isn't defending the belt for himself, he's defending it for the people, no matter what their skin colour, whether it's black, white, red or green. Jerry Lawler then says, yeah, look at all these green people. Ahmed then addresses Goldust and Johnson says he isn't a hard man to find and if Goldust wants a fight, he knows where to go. A shaky start Then for Monday Night Raw, I probably would have regretted switching the channel if I'm honest. WCW Nitro presents Diamond Dallas Page vs Alex Wright Tony Schiavone and Bobby Heenan talk about how the WCW locker room are all ready to fight No one is backing down from this threat of Kevin Nash and Scott Hall And everyone is ready to defend WCW Schiavone says that the history of our sport could be changed at Bash at the Beach And boy, what an understatement that was Shivani says the outsiders are apparently in the building and security has been reinforced to keep them away from the ring and the announce desk. Dallas Page messes around with Alex Wright at the beginning of their match, but Daz Wunderkind fires back and he tries a few pins. Page gets drop kicked out of the ring and then DDP spits on Alex. Very nice. The two men lock up, they trade wristlocks, locks, DDP slams Alex to the mat and then Alex gets sent to the corner. Wright gets a boot up and he goes for a suplex, but Page counters with a nice armbar takedown. The commentary team are still talking about the bash at the beach main event as DDP hits a gut buster, Siobhani says his job is to be a fair and impartial commentator, but during the hostile takeover match, he will be rooting for team WCW. DDP goes for a big punt kick but Alex gets out of the way, Ryde is then able to fire up a little and he hits a jumping sidekick that would make Booker T a little envious, this looked good. What's interesting here though is that the fans are booing booing Alex Wright, they also booed Eddie Guerrero earlier in the broadcast and a little later they'll boo Macho Man Randy Savage. A double x handle finds its mark, Page then takes a springboard drop kick and I've no idea why he threw his arms in the air just before impact. Wright then hits a plancha, but Page gets his knees up when Wright tries another high-risk move. After countering from another gut wrench position, Alex Wright takes the diamond cutter and the crowd pops for the move. Page gets the win, but the big takeaway here is how popular Page was becoming as the weeks went on, and what's more, it was all very organic, Page was working heel but the fans were still behind him. It's a point then for Monday Nitro. Page cuts a promo afterwards, he's going to face Jim Duggan in a taped fist match at Bash at the Beach, and Paige says this match was booked simply to keep DDP down. Next up on Nitro we have a Kevin Green promo, while the Body Donnas take on the Brooklyn Brawler and Jerry Fox on Raw. Right, let's have some fun. At the king of the ring, the Body Donnas new manager was revealed to the world. Remember, Zip and Skip were trying to get us gullible fools to ride in to get the job, but guys, we were never in the running, we didn't have a chance. Cloudy got the job, and yeah, say hello to Cloudy, because it's not sunny, it's Cloudy. Cloudy previously worked as Jimmy Shoulders, and he would again work as Jimmy Shoulders very briefly in ECW after this whole fiasco. Shoulders was a personal friend of Chris Candido, and rather than bring him in as a main bodyguard or an enforcer, Cloudy was a man in drag. And remember, Cloudy and the Body Donnas were supposed to be baby faces after the WWF had done quite an impressive job of making fans boo people like Goldust. But anyway, that's not what we're having fun with this week. Oh no, the WWF showed some of the letters, photos and videos that you creatures sent in during your quest to become the manager of the Body Donnas. Let's have a look at a few. Okay, so here's two young ladies who applied to be the manager of the body donnas. Now, the text is a little blurry here and we can't see the whole letter, but let's just read what we can. My twin sister and I really do not appreciate the way Sunny treated you guys. Who does she thinks she is taking the credit and hogging all the glory? When she did not do anything This is fucking written worse than one of my scripts What's the sense in having a manager that is not going to be faithful and respect you as a team? Okay, that's fair enough We think that the Body Donnas are the most underrated tag team in the WWF Again, that's another fair point My twin sister and I are no strangers to abuse and lack of respect Okay, shit, that turned pretty dark pretty quickly So our question to you, Skip and Zip why have one manager when you could have two for the price of one? Yeah, okay, a sweet bargain. Here's a little description to let you know what our personalities are like. I'm Valicia, the oldest of the two. I am like you, zip, happy-go-lucky, hard-working, smart, good-looking, and I can spot trouble faster than a heartbeat. And then the letter cuts off, but seriously, I wish I could read more here, I can see the words Bimbo flashing and R buns down here, and who knows what direction this fine letter went in, but yeah, good job ladies. Next we have Jason's letter, Jason even has a gimmick name, Apollo the Personal Trainer, what a fucking guy. I am writing in regards to your manager search contest, I am really pumped up about it. There isn't a day that goes by that I don't dream about one day breaking into the sport I have loved as a young child. This is a dream come true, an opportunity of a lifetime. I am the perfect candidate for this position since I am willing to change my entire lifestyle to enter the sport of wrestling. You know what, this guy has the right attitude and just look at that face, that's a heel if you ever saw one right there, Apollo the bastard. I was originally planning to attend a wrestling camp, then slowly work my way up through years of, um, I guess that's hard work, and now it seems I am given access to a new road, is that? Maybe, maybe it's road, I don't know. Dude, the search is over, just hire Apollo. Hey, if Jason is out there somewhere, hopefully still alive, get in touch, you need to cut a promo on this show as soon as possible. Too much of this guy's letter is covered up, but he sounds like a bootlicker, so let's move on. I appreciate that Michelle gave herself the name Marvelous Michelle, but her letter is a little short, nothing special here. But from a short letter to this fucking novel right here from Jennifer, and yo, WWE, Don't broadcast the addresses of impressionable girls on TV Jeez, I had to blur this out myself This one's a little hard to read, but Jennifer takes no shit I am writing this letter in response to your manager search When I saw the events that led up to this search, I was disgusted To me, Tommy, Sonny, showed very poor managerial conduct Fuck me, this is like an HR meeting, isn't it? I then saw this as a perfect chance for myself to fulfill a lifelong dream, and to show Tommy and all other managers exactly what being a manager is all about. I would also love the chance to help you show WCW what wrestling is all about. What, Jennifer vs Apollo in a ladder match, winner gets the contract of a lifetime. And then we have Jeanette, who thought she could win by printing her letter on fancy paper and also showing a little skin. To be fair, this probably would have worked in late 1997. We see some videos too, and you gotta give people credit for trying this stuff, but it was all for nothing, the WWF already knew they were going to bring in Big Jimmy Shoulders and dress him up as a woman. Anyway, the Body Donnas versus the Brawler and Jerry Fox, and it's very hard to find motivation to watch this one. And because the Body Donnas are supposed to be babyfaces now, they have to work a match against two job guys from underneath. It just shows the absolute state of the tag team division at the time. Just look at Jerry Fox here on offense with those badass facial expressions. Ooh, bad man. The body donors end up scoring the win, the match was awful, but the manager search stuff was actually a good laugh. Cloudy chases Sonny around after the bite and yeah, let's move on. A video airs that says our world is about to change, and you know what? I'm not even mad about it, I'm completely no-selling it this week, because at least we have a date, sort of, and I'm super excited for July. So excited that July is now officially Glacier Month on Reliving the War. The big debut is now in sight, and I can't wait to find out more next month. Glacier Month on Reliving the War, where we definitely won't get let down and where Glacier finally finally, finally makes his glorious debut. I can't wait. Kevin Green of the Carolina Panthers has an interview with Mean Gene, and we see footage of that dirty turncoat Steve McMichael at the Great American Bash. Kevin Green says he has to go and play football, but every time he's on the field, he's going to remember Steve McMichael's quote, slimy, backstabbing face, baby. (laughs) When the football season is over, Green says he's going on a Mongo hunt, and he's coming back to WCW to take care of business. And you know what? He actually did. Green vs. Mongo happens at next year's Great American Bash. Say what you want about Green, but the guy could definitely cut a promo. He was actually better than a lot of WCW main eventers. (coughs) Still, the Raw manager search gave me a good chuckle, so I'm giving this point to Raw. It's announced on Raw that Shawn Michaels will face Marty Jannetty next week, and look at this picture, this just sums up the careers of Michaels and Jannetty so perfectly. HBK, smirk on his face, gold in hand, sweet gear, a champion that looks good. Marty Jannetty, sniffed glue recently, doesn't know where he is, shit hair, wants peace man, still wearing the rockers gear. Savio Vega, Aldo Montoya and Barry Horowitz versus Owen Hart, the British Bulldog invader. Oh gee, I wonder who will win. Jim Cornette is providing commentary and Jim says there's going to be an international incident at In Your House. Kim Cornette is going to take on Ahmed Johnson, the Ultimate Warrior and Shawn Michaels at the pay-per-view. Owen and Horowitz start things off and Horowitz gets the upper hand, Owen complains when Barry begins attacking his injured arm, and as soon as Barry tags in Savio, Owen tags in the bulldog. Savio pretty much owns the bulldog here, which is pretty strange seeing as Davey was just in the main event last night, but anyway. Bulldog quickly tags in Vader as soon as he gets the opportunity. Vader takes Savio into the corner and Vega gets destroyed. Vader no-sells a knife edge chop, but Savio manages to Vader down with a standing heel kick. Owen comes back into the match and he takes a drop kick from Aldo Montoya. Owen then hits a spinning wheel kick before tagging Davy back in. A vertical suplex finds its mark. Vader comes in briefly and he hits a choke slam, and now the heels are just playing with their opponents. Davy can win the match after hitting the running power slam, but instead, Davy tags in Owen and the match ends with Aldo Montoya submitting to the sharpshooter. Painfully predictable stuff. Neither the heels nor the baby faces stayed inside the ring long enough before tagging out, and really, this was absolute domination from Camp Cornette. VK Wall Street vs. the Macho Man Randy Savage on Nitro. Savage is still wearing the Sting war paint, and Kevin Green is going to stand in Savage's corner. Being in North Carolina and seeing as Savage was having this ongoing rivalry with Ric Flair, the audience here is not behind the Macho Man at all. The crowd chants, We want Flair, and they put up their four digits. It's actually a little hostile. Savage is taking care of Wall Street to start things off, and the commentary team are still talking about the hostile. Takeover match at Bash at the Beach. Bobby Heenan said that even Antonio Inoki got in touch to represent WCW during the six man tag, but the teams were already set Savage, Luger, and Sting versus Nash Hall and the mystery third man. Wall Street finds himself on the outside and he pushes Kevin Green. Green chases Wall Street around the ringside area, but he ends up distracting the referee. This allows Wall Street to dump Savage over the top rope. Green comes to the aid of the macho man and the match gets back inside the ring. Wall Street is now in control. Savage tries to fight his way out of the corner but it's no use. Wall Street drops the elbow but then Savage begins mounting a small comeback. The commentators do not care about this match. It's all pay-per-view hype on the headsets as Savage hits a suplex inside the ropes. Wall Street replies with a suplex of his own, he goes upstairs but Macho Man gets a foot up. Savage goes up for the elbow drop but Wall Street moves out of the way before bumping in the green on the outside. Kevin throws Wall Street into the ring post before tossing him back in the ring. Savage then hits the elbow drop, and it's all over. I'll give a point to Nitro here, but I was also close to giving neither show a point. Nothing special in the semi-main spots this week, but at least Wall Street vs Savage felt a little more complete. The Raw match felt very, very rushed. Main event time, Sting and Luger defend the WCW titles against Harlem Heat and the Steiners. While King of the Ring winner Steve Austin does battle with The Undertaker, Austin has been pushed right into a main event spot after last night's big victory, and Austin finds himself in a match with The Undertaker. Brian Pillman shows up before the match, Pillman had showed up at the King of the Ring, and he cut a promo where he said it's no surprise that Jeffrey Dahmer tried to consume the whole state of Wisconsin, among other things, but what was quite interesting was this little meeting of the Hollywood Blondes on the entranceway. Anyway, back to Raw and Pillman says he wants his money, he said he wants paid for signing his WWF contract, but Vince McMahon says that he needs to wrestle first. Steve Austin tries to get in a sneak attack and it works initially, but it also doesn't take long for The Undertaker to turn it around and the 1996 King of the Ring feels the wrath of the Deadman. As the match continues, Jerry Lawler tries to get a word with Paul Bearer. Remember, Paul hit Taker with the iron at the King of the Ring, but Bearer doesn't feel like talking about it it seems something wasn't quite right here. The match spills to the outside and Steve Austin gets thrown into the ring post. The competitors get back inside the ring and Austin gets choked on the bottom rope and with the Undertaker's foot. Austin goes to the outside once again to catch his breath, but the Undertaker is right behind the rattlesnake. Austin takes a headbutt from the dead man before getting thrown back inside the ropes. Taker hits a body slam, but he misses his follow-up elbow drop. Gonna be honest here, this one has been a little slow. Austin whips Taker into the corner with force, but a big boot puts Austin right back down as we go to commercial break. We come back and the Undertaker is hitting old school, Stone Cold gets choked in the corner, but Austin rushes out and he hits a chop block. From here, Stone Cold focuses his attack on the injured body part, Taker gets his leg rammed into the ring post, Austin is then able to hit a sack and rope elbow drop and further punishment to the leg gets delivered. Paul Bearer rallies up his Burger King army at ringside (laughs) as Austin continues the attack. Stone Cold brings it down to the mat, but then Goldust and Marlena show up. Goldust goes to the commentary table to get a closer look at his international incident opponent. The Undertaker goes for a big boot, but Austin ducks it and another chop block gets delivered. When we come back from another commercial break, Steve Austin again shows off his dodging skills by avoiding The Undertaker's jumping clothesline. The Undertaker manages to move away from the ropes and Stone Cold crashes. Austin no-sells it, but The Undertaker's ready to end this match. We see the choke slam, but then then, Goldust stands up from the commentary desk. As Taker goes for the tombstone, Goldust throws glitter at the Undertaker, blinding him, and the referee calls for a DQ finish. Wrestlers throw glitter at each other guys, and don't you forget it. Austin and the Undertaker continue to fight afterwards, but Austin eventually escapes. Paul Bear gets in the ring, but Jerry Lawler wants answers. The King is convinced that Bearer hit the Undertaker on purpose last night but the dead man goes to attack Lawler as Raw comes to an end. And here, here's a picture of the undertaker covered in glitter, just because. A big tag team match ends this week's episode of Monday Nitro, the Steiners, Stingin' Luger and Harlem Heat. The titles are on the line, and everyone is still on edge about the outsiders potentially showing up, Booker T and Scotty Steiner start things off and Steiner gets the upper hand, Stevie Ray lends a helping hand from the apron and Booker applies a headlock but the advantage doesn't last long. A double underhook powerbomb from Steiner gets the crowd going, but Lex Luger breaks up the pin. Stevie Ray and Rick Steiner are in next, Stevie Ray brings the action straight to Rick, but the dog-faced gremlin replies with a german suplex. Scotty Steiner gets tagged in and he voluntarily tags in Sting silly to take yourself out of a triangle tag match when the titles are on the line, but sure. Sting gets brought straight to harlem heats corner and the icon takes a beating. Booker T comes into the match once again and he goes for a jumping sidekick, but Booker instead gets caught on the top rope and this gets a great reaction from the audience. Sting pushes the top rope up into Booker's nutsack, Sting then hits an inverted atomic drop, Tony Schiavone calls this an inverted powerbomb for some reason. Booker then gets his knees up when Sting comes off the top rope, and now Stevie Ray is back in to dish out more punishment. We come back from commercial break, and Sting is still getting hammered. The crowd again chant, "We want Flair," but it looks like the Nature Boy isn't hitting the ring tonight. Harlem hater are double teaming Sting, and Lex needs tagged in, or either Steiner brother, to be fair. Booker T gets back in the match, he misses a top rope splash, and the stinger manages to tag in the total package. As Luger begins cleaning house, the camera zooms out and the outsiders show up from the audience. As Hall and Nash approach the ring holding baseball bats, a bunch of cops storm the ring, and in the middle of the commotion, Harlem Heat win the tag team titles. A diesel chant breaks out as Hall and Nash stay on the outside of the ring threatening to attack at any moment. What you have to consider here is how bad this made WCW look in a way. The Outsiders were able to hold off six WCW superstars and their police protection. What hope did WCW really have if they looked this afraid of the Outsiders? Anyway, it's a great ending to Nitro this week. Hall and Nash walk away slowly, while Bobby Heenan shows a lot of concern at the commentary table. Bobby says he's now afraid for his own well-being when he's just trying to do his job. Nitro gets the final point. Another win for Nitro this week. Raw got the unopposed point, but that would have been a mistake anyway. The WWF also got a point for the manager search letters that you absolute nutcases sent into the show... This means Nitro is now leading with 19 points overall. Nitro also won in the television ratings a 3.3 over Raw's 2.7. A pay-per-view fallout show would historically win in the television ratings, but not this week. People wanted to see The Outsiders. WCW make their final preparations for Bash at the Beach next week on Nitro, while the WWF presents that Shawn Michaels vs Marty Jannetty match, among other things. I hope you join me again next week, thank you for watching and take care.